Before we get going with this week's episode, just a quick request from me and the Deep Dive team. We'd greatly appreciate it if you could rate and review this show on whichever podcast platform you use. It helps other people discover the show and it makes us feel good, especially if the reviews are positive. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to rate and review the show so far. Hello and a happy new year to all our listeners. If you're returning to Deep Dive, welcome back. If you've just started listening, thank you so much for joining us. This week, The Great Escape. That's what everyone's calling the dramatic flight of former Nissan and Renault CEO Carlos Ghosn from his house arrest in Tokyo to freedom in Beirut, Lebanon. Ghosn is celebrating, the Japanese are furious, and the world watches with mouths agog as events unfold. The saga will almost certainly be turned into a 10-parter on Netflix sometime soon, but until that day comes, Deep Dive has you covered. From the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd, and joining me to discuss The Escape is staff reporter Satoshi Sugiyama. We made a podcast together on Goin back in April 2019, and I recommend you go back and listen to that if you've not already, as it'll give you a much better understanding of the story we're about to discuss and the man at the centre of it all. Satoshi, thank you so much for joining me today. I know you've been up late reporting on this story and you're giving <laughs> us the very last of your energy. Well, I'm happy to be here, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so when we left off um, from the last podcast in April, Carlos Ghosn was still in the Tokyo Detention Center. He was awaiting bail at the time. So let's start with you giving us a quick update on what's happened since then. Well, uh, to cut a long story extremely short, um, Carlos Ghosn was granted bail toward the end of April and was then kept under strict house arrest, essentially. Uh, that was until the afternoon of Sunday, December 29, when Carlos Ghosn fled Tokyo and escaped to Beirut, Lebanon. And what do we know about this escape so far? So the situation was Originally unclear, uh, rumors spread of a plot masterminded by his wife that involved a group of Gregorian musicians, a team of ex-special force officers, and gone hiding in the case of a musical instrument. Uh, that story has since evolved, and now CCTV footage has emerged that shows uh, Gone simply walking out of the front door of his house, uh, wearing a hat and a face mask. So the same disguise that he uh, originally used to leave prison. Pretty much. And he then took a bullet train from Tokyo's Shinagawa station to Osaka at about 4.30 p.m. And after that, took a taxi to a hotel near Kansai International Airport. Uh, this is according to television network NTV. Okay, so, so far this sounds um, actually pretty easy. He's walked out the door, he's got a train, and now he's at a hotel near an airport. Yes, but that's when things get a bit more Hollywood. Um, a team of associates were waiting for him at the airport's private jet terminal, including an ex-Green Beret who was coordinating that escape. So it's clear at this point his intent is to leave the country by plane, but how did he go about boarding that plane and wasn't he subject to some form of passport control? Yes, um, there is passport control at the airport and private jets aren't exempt. So under normal circumstances, he would have been. 
But Gong was apparently smuggled through security in a large case that was too big to fit into the airport's X-ray machines. So with nothing seeming out of ordinary and with his escape still unnoticed and unreported, uh, the jet was in the air by 11.10 p.m. uh, destined for Istanbul. Uh, He switched planes in Turkey and again smuggled in a box and ultimately ended up in Beirut. Okay, so it's quite a daring escape and it's involved a lot of different people and a lot of different parties to help smuggle him out of the country. Right. But why did he choose Beirut and Lebanon in particular? Well, though he was born in Brazil, um, his parents were both the Lebanese descendant and he has been given a Lebanese passport. Uh, He has lots of high-level allies in the country as well. And perhaps most importantly, uh, Lebanon doesn't have an extradition treaty with Japan. So in theory, um, he is safe from all these um, prosecution by the Japanese out there. And when did people actually notice that he was gone? Well, news didn't break until the morning of December 31st uh, when he chose to reveal himself safe and sound in Beirut. Uh, Okay, so almost two days after he left. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And this is uh, the statement uh, that was released by Carlos Ghosn, essentially saying that I'm in Lebanon and I will no longer be held hostage by a rigged Japanese justice system where guilt is presumed, discrimination is rampant, and basic human rights are denied. One big question I still have at this point is, wasn't he monitored at all? Like, how did he actually escape his house arrest so, so easily? So despite this being a high-profile case and Gone being considered a flight risk, the terms of Gone's bail did not include a requirement to wear an ankle bracelet or other electronic tracker. So that being said, um, his movements were closely monitored. Um, prosecutors had trained a camera on the door uh, of his house, and when he left his house, He was usually shadowed by teams of plainclothes police. What was different this time around? What what actually allowed him to escape? Well, in Japan, New Year's is one of the most important holidays and government offices can close for more than a week and prosecutors and police detectives take time off to be with uh, their families. Gon knew this and used the New Year period as his window to escape. On December 31st then, uh, it was announced to the world by Gon that he had successfully escaped and was now happily, I imagine for him, in Beirut. Um, But what was the reaction in Japan to his escape? Well, in Japan, there was shock, bewilderment and anger at the authorities for not being able to prevent his escape. Uh, His lawyers were taken completely by surprise by Gon's escape. So they didn't even know that this was going to happen? No, they didn't. An arrest warrant was issued against Gon's wife, Carol, uh, who may believe was integral to his escape. And what about on the other side? What, what was the reaction in Lebanon to him kind of appearing out of the blue? Well, in Lebanon, he drew a somewhat mixed response. Gon is revered as a successful global businessman and even appears on one of the country's postage stamps. At the same time, some Lebanese who are indignant at the rich and the elites see him as part of the problem. 
When Carlos Ghosn made his first statement upon arriving in Beirut, he said he would be naming those he thought were behind his arrest and that he was also looking forward to communicating with the media next week, which takes us to the evening of Wednesday, January the 8th. So, Satoshi, what happened then? Gong held a press conference. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to uh, thank you for taking the time to be here. And... It's significant because it was the first time he had been able to talk openly in public since his arrest in November 2018. It went on for over two hours and it, there were a lot of energy and it was a masterclass in chaos. And, and what do you mean by that? Well, press were all enthusiastic, shouting over each other to try to get their question in. And Gong was answering in four languages, English, Arabic, French, and Portuguese. He was very deliberate and strategic about who he took questions from, and he made sure that big news organizations from each country got time to ask those questions. At one point, he even explicitly asked which countries hadn't been able to ask questions. And what was the Japanese media presence like at this event? Well, um, just three Japanese media organizations were allowed in the room to ask questions. And Gon pretty flatly admitted he didn't trust the majority of the Japanese press. At this press conference, there was an opportunity for question and answers, but he started it off with a long and I think it's quite fair to say rambly speech um, about his time in the Japanese prison system and, and his arrest. Um, but what was the main focus of his speech? Well, the press conference was something he desperately wanted uh, because he wanted to explain his side of the story in his own words. Uh, his goal, I think... Uh, it's to appeal to international opinion and highlight what he called hostage justice nature of the Japanese legal system. A corrupt and hostile system that presumed my guilt from day one and was designed to break my spirit and coerce my confession. He gave detailed accounts of his alleged mistreatment uh, while he was held at the Tokyo Detention Center, uh, claiming he had been interrogated for eight hours a day without lawyers, and that prosecutors had repeatedly pressured him to confess to charges against him, uh, saying uh, that the, the ordeal would end if he did confess. And did he make any mention at all of how he managed to escape? Well, he basically refused to talk about how he actually escaped, but he did talk about his motivations for doing so extensively, uh, despite the risks it entailed. Uh, he said that fleeing Japan was uh, the most difficult decision of his lifetime. Can you talk us through some of these motivations? Um, because obviously it is something dangerous. He would, if he'd been caught, faced even more prison time in this country. Well, his decisions to flee ultimately came down to several different factors, 
uh, one was delays in the judicial process. His Japanese lawyers were telling him that he might not face trial until 2021. Uh, his original trial date had been scheduled for spring of this year. Um, a second important factor was uh, that under his bail conditions, he would continue to be prevented from seeing his wife. I mean, the judge was surprised I want to see my wife. But maybe for a lot of people, it would have been a, not a punishment not to see their wife, but for me it was. At the press conference, he kind of joked that while that might not be a punishment for some, to him, not being able to see his wife was a major part of his decision to flee. And the final major reason would be, uh, he said uh, he didn't believe he would ever face a fair trial in Japan, uh, repeatedly alluding to the country's 99.4% conviction rate. But he did also say that he would be happy to stand trial anywhere that could guarantee him a fair hearing. Back on December 31st, we had the initial reaction from the Japanese public and the Japanese government. But what was the uh, reaction to this press conference? Obviously, as you said, it's such a significant moment, the first time he's able to speak uh, freely since November 2018. Right. Within 10 minutes after his press conference ended, the Japanese government kind of went on a counter-strike. Um, Justice Minister Masako Mori held her own late-night briefing. Um, saying that Gon should have stood in trial in Japan uh, if he truly wished to vindicate himself here. And the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office also issued a statement uh, criticizing Gong and saying that he has only himself to blame for being arrested and detained for approximately 130 days. They actually released a version of this statement in English um, alongside the Japanese, which is pretty extraordinary in its own right. And what about the uh, response of the Japanese public to his press conference? Well, the people on the social media were kind of saying the press conference was kind of anticlimactic that Gong really didn't release new information uh, pertaining to his, his situation. It's the beginning of the new year. It's the beginning of a decade. What's in store for Carlos Ghosn now and, and where does he go from here? Well, Gong has declared that he wants to try and clear his name and that he will be planning how to do that with his legal team over the next weeks and months. There remain questions about the security of his position in Lebanon and whether he will try and move on to another country, such as France. Even though the Japanese government issued an Interpol wanted notice, for Gong, which makes that difficult. Well, some have argued that because Gong is now stuck in Lebanon, he has just swapped a small prison for a larger one, and there may be some truth to this. Uh, by fleeing arrest in Japan, 
he has committed a serious crime, and there's a long way to go if he ever hopes to clear his name. Well, Satoshi, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Deep Dive and explain this update on the Carlos Ghosn situation to us. You're welcome. Nice to be here. You've been listening to Deep Dive with me, Oscar Boyd, and our guest this week was Satoshi Sugiyama. You can find links to all his reporting on the evolving Carlos Ghosn situation in the episode notes. We'll be back next week with a new episode, but until then, find more episodes just like this one by subscribing to us on all major podcasting platforms. If you have a spare moment, please do take the time to write a review or to rate the show. It helps new listeners find Deep Dive and we're always grateful for any feedback. Thank you to all of those who have taken the time already to rate or review the show. Until next time, Hotsukare-sama. Thank you.